Cut that, whoever edits it, or I will murder you. Welcome to Pod Trivia, the podcast that really asks the question, what is humor? I'm your host, Britton. I'm Kyle. And I'm Becky. Uh, yeah, like, what is humor is a really interesting philosophical question. Like, is humor a completely human-constructed concept, or does humor also exist in nature? Do animals make themselves laugh? I don't know what humor is, but it's very obvious that we haven't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, this is the podcast that asks the question, do these people need a podcast? (laughs) Oh, we know the answer to that. It's no. (laughs) Uh, Do we need one? No. Have we subjected our friends and family to listening to this? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So behind the scenes, I have been teasing the two of you on a final topic i don't think we've brought it up on air that i have been slow conning you guys slow curving you if you will (laughs) from i started on episode one like the immediately after i finished episode one i started planning out this final episode that and and you're talking episode one is in sammy davis jr like the very first episode yes that's wild granted i didn't what 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 else could he mean by episode one, hun? Like episode one of the first podcast he ever listened to, of of the first episode of Veggie Tales. I have so many questions. Uh huh. <laughs> so obviously, I didn't know we were doing seasons then. So this wasn't a season, you know, ender. But I was saving this one for later down the line, and then I was going to do the big reveal. So. Do you guys have any idea or any guesses of what I'm talking about? No. So, like, my best guess is that you were going to do, like, an Amazing Race-style finale where you make us do trivia about episodes of Pod Trivia. But I think I said that at some point, and you said that, no, that's not what it is. Today, I mentioned this actually in episode three. I am going to be talking about the Alan Parsons Project. Ah, the Alan Parsons Project. That was one that you had brought up. Yeah, like, yeah, episode three. Mm -hmm. So Alan Parsons Project is my favorite band. I got my, what's it called? The Spotify Rewind. And Alan Parsons Project was my top played artist. And I was within their top 0.5% of listeners. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. I was I was uh, within Beyonce's top 0.5, so we were proud of ourselves over here. Kyle, what's yours? Four out of the my top five songs were all Eminem. To no one's surprise. Yeah, yeah. Spotify really just assured me that I'm very white. That's what they that's what they did. With oh, that. we know. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast has assured us that you are very white. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. So. I actually have one of their vinyls up on my wall as art. I also have an Eminem vinyl. Wow. Look at us. Yeah. The reason why this has been a slow curve and how I picked out all of my episodes is that each of their separate albums was always inspired by a different person or thing or theme. And so oh my I, God. So I took all of their albums and then just did an episode on them. And I also slowly, not slowly, I forcefully pushed you guys to do certain episodes that would also fit the theme. They have an album about Tax Rod? We didn't do an episode on that. We did contract uh, law. law. So I'm going to, at the end, as I go through all the their albums, I'll tell you how I decided to fit everything into it. There's four where I couldn't manage to fit in at all. And then some of them are are fairly thin, but I'm mm-hmm. going to go with it anyway and say that it was sure. planned all along. Mm. Alan Parsons Project is made up of Eric Wolfson and Alan Parsons, who met at Abbey Road Studios in England. Kyle, do you know 
because you know Alan Parsons' project. Do you know what role yeah. Alan Parsons played? Like, you mean at the studio? In the Alan Parsons project. Oh. I don't understand. I think he means, like, was he the drummer or was he the singer or was he the... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he just a music producer? Yeah. So he is a audio engineer. Okay. And yeah. so he didn't actually perform a lot of the songs. I mean, sometimes he did keyboards or he did, like, background vocals for a couple things. But mostly he described his role as being behind the glass. Eric Wolfson also was not the main magician, magician, musician. <laughs> no, magicians was a different episode. Oh, we'll get into mu- magicians. <laughs> uh, Eric Wolfson was also not the main lead vocalist of the band either. So Eric Wolfson wrote 95% of the songs and 100% of the lyrics. He did sing lead vocals and keyboard on most of the songs, but he was the manager and handled the business side. Alan Parsons was the audio engineer and producer. He wrote many of the instrumentals, and he is more of the sound behind the project. And so I guess you'd almost call him like the composer, or like later on we'll talk about how they came up with this because he was basically like the director. Right. They're a progressive rock band or prog rock, but they do a lot of instrumentals and pop songs also. So they, they, they're they weird. They do a lot of genres. They have a lot of different sounding and interesting songs. Sure. Alan Parsons started as an audio engineer when he was 19 years old. And I struggled to understand really what an audio engineer does because really what they do is they do like the... Not the sound effects, but they run the electronics. The knobs? Yeah. The knobs on the board? Yeah, they do the knobs on the board. But also a lot of- We have those at my job, so I understand that actually very deeply. Good. Did we- did I properly explain it? I mean, yeah, it's not just like sound effects, though. Like, Like Kyle's saying, it's like being in charge of making sure all of the microphone and- equipment is picking up the sound and then possibly editing it yeah so i have here they help produce a recording balancing and adjusting sound sources using equalization audio effects mixing reproduction and reinforcement of sound essentially we need one of these for our podcast because we are terrible (laughs) at this i literally could not care less like, if you're here for good sound, you have mistaken yourself for being in a place with a podcast that has good sound. Uh, Yeah, like, famously, whenever you see uh, relatively big shows that then have really bad sound, like, the Black Eyed Peas did the Super Bowl halftime show one time, and, like, their sound was just, like, really off for some reason, and a lot of people were mentioning it online. And, like, every audio engineer in the world comes out as, like, they just didn't hire a good audio engineer. And, like, you can clearly tell that, like, the mics aren't picking it up correctly. And then, like, the cameras aren't, like, correctly synced up to the audio. And, like, like, that's all problems that an audio engineer is there to solve. Yeah. And, like, Ashley Simpson very famously um, couldn't hear herself while singing. No, not the SNL one. The... um, The Super Bowl one. She couldn't hear herself. And, like, it's so loud. Yeah. Yeah. So it was crap. So Alan Parsons was an audio engineer that went into producing and producing more of, you know, looks at the total creative project Mm -hmm. as a whole and makes a whole album or song. Alan Parsons was an assistant engineer for the last two albums of what famous, 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 famous British boy band, not (laughs) One Direction in the late 60s. You don't get to change the question halfway through. I guess you could call them a boy band. Uh, The Beatles. The Beatles, that's correct. It's just rude. Trick questions. Boy bands, 60s. There's really only one option. (laughs) So he assisted on uh, Abbey Road and Let It Be, and he played a big part in helping sound the rooftop album. And apparently there, it was especially difficult because it was really windy. So he had to figure out how to block the wind but still get the sound while they're on the roof. Right. And this is the 60s. Well, 
this would have been around 71. So they didn't have technology back then like we do today. Right. So he was also the lead engineer on Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't think I knew that. That's important just because that's a really big famous album. Right. So he would. If you play it, if you play it backwards, it syncs up with Wizard of Oz. Have you never oh, yeah. heard that, Britain? I thought it was just it's it it was like had satanic sayings. I also think that some people believe okay. that, but okay, like, but also you can what, play it backwards and but, it technically syncs up with some parts of the Wizard of it, Oz, but it's, it really doesn't. But it's crap. It's not as somebody who has watched it with it. It's not a real thing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. <laughs> Okay, so, I just wanted us to all be on the same page. For his work on Dark Side of the Moon, which obviously super famous album, he got his first Grammy nomination for Best Engineered Recording Non-Classical. Now, he was not the producer, because I double-checked this, so like he didn't have a lot of creative control, um, mm-hmm. but he did. Ha- he was responsible for many sonic aspects, and he recruited the singer Claire Torrey, who appeared on mm-hmm. The Great Gig in the Sky, which mm-hmm. I guess was one of the songs. After that, he engineered Ambrosia's debut self-titled album. I, I don't know who they are, but I'm going to list a whole lot of names of people, not because I know them or I expect you to know them, but somewhere out there, one person's going to know, and they're going to be like, oh, hey, I know that. How, how many names are you about to list? I'll get, I'll get to some later. I'm okay, just gonna rapid not, fire them. Let's yeah, let's not do too many. Let's let's keep it moving. Yeah, uh, yes, I am. So yeah. the first album he was a producer on was on Pilot's self-titled album. Their hit song was Magic. Hey, hey, it's magic. You know that song? Oh. Mm-hmm. Which apparently is featured on the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Disneyland. Yeah, it is. So Alan Parsons also worked with Paul McCartney and the Wings and the Hollies. Eric and Alan met, and they decided to create a concept album. The concept for the Alan Parsons Project was based on the achievements of what famous horror film director? John Carpenter. Johnny Cash. Alfred Hitchcock. All right. Fair enough. Britain? <laughs> yeah? You get what you get with us. So, okay. <sighs> this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> The audience will like it because they don't know either. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hating on it. I just said it was gonna be good. Mm. Eric had the idea to create an album along the lines of developments in the film industry, where directors were starting to become the main promotional tool. If you think about Alfred Hitchcock's movies, you don't know necessarily all of the actors in them, but you know Alfred Hitchcock. You know his style, his lighting, dialogue, so you can tell it's his movie even though the actors may change. And that's what they wanted to do in the music business. So this is why they're the main part of the band, but they're not the main musicians. They would just hire local musicians that were free and just kind of give them the sheet music and work with them to create the songs that they wanted. And so within their first four albums, they had 15 different vocalists throughout. Wow. So they were doing something unique in the music industry, which also I don't think this has ever happened again, to my knowledge. Like, can you think of a band where the most famous people aren't the front man? Like, obviously there are famous people, you know, like drummers and guitarists, but like... It's not common. I'll give you that. I think we could probably come up with something, but I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's not the... It's like if you called the Jonas Brothers the Frankie Jonas Project. I mean, Frankie isn't in the band. Exactly. That's the point. Yeah, like Alan Parsons in this case isn't in the band. Okay, I get you. Yeah, I mean, I think like there was- But he's also not involved. (laughs) He he was like seven. I was just trying to find something. Don't come at me, Joe Bro fans. I, I think there's like some cases like the Beatles I know like famously had like a fifth Beatle, which was like a producer that they worked a lot with. And He was actually one of their recording engineers. He was known as the fifth Beatle, George Martin. He yeah, was the George only Martin. other notable recording engineer that I could find that I recognized. And like... You have it happen a lot of times in rap. Like, for example, Dr. Dre is famously a producer for Eminem. And you have, like, 
P. Diddy, who was famously a producer for uh, Biggie Smalls, and Kanye was a producer for Jay-Z. And like, like you do have that happen, but generally with rappers, they either are producers that then become main ra- main star rappers, or you have rappers who then also do producing because that's also like an important part of their craft. Yeah. So they went with Alan Parsons' name because of his fame with the Beatles and Pink Floyd and the other debut albums that he produced. Uh, Eric Wolfson said it was the best and worst decision because he got all the excess without any of the fame, but also no one had a clue who he was. So like I said, I'm going to go through a real quick list of people that have appeared on songs. So there's Colin Blundstone of The Zombies. Jet, uh, I'm skipping that one. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Graham Dye of Scarlet Party, Dean Ford of Marmalade, Terry Sylvester of the Hollies, Eric Stewart of the Mindbenders, Claire Torrey, who was on the Dark Side of the Moon album, Peter Stalker, who is best known for his appearances in Doctor Who in 1979, the complete bands of Ambrosia and Pilot, uh, Lou Graham of Foreigner, Steve Hackett from Genesis, and Jason Mraz. Whoa. Yeah. I knew... I'd say like 30% of those names. Yeah. Like I said, someone out there is going to. And I even skipped some. Yeah. So throughout his career, mostly through the Alan Parsons Project, Alan got 13 Grammy nominations. And his most recent, he actually won in 2019 for Best Immersive Audio Album, which Mm. I tried to look up and I didn't understand, but it's like surround sound quality. Oh, okay. Yeah. This Grammy was also won in 2015 by Beyonce and 2011 by Britain's Orchestra. By you? Yeah. My <laughs> orchestra. I won a Congrats. Grammy. Congrats. Thank you. Wow. I'm very proud. Yeah, bud. You got to start working on your EGOT. I know. I got to gotta oh put a lot more work for that to happen. <laughs> really got to start making moves. Throughout their years, Alan Parsons Project had 12 albums that they released and then alan parsons has released five as a solo artist eric wolfson later on went on to turn some of the albums into musicals and he ended up with doing five different musical arrangements eric wolfson started as a songwriter and then he went into artist management because he wasn't doing that well as a songwriter his first songwriter was Carl Douglas, who recorded what famous fighting song? The Fighting Irish. Everybody was a kung fu fighting? That's correct. That was a Boom. better guess. Yeah, a lot Everybody better. Everybody was a kung yes. fu Rude. Eric Wolfson left the group at one. Really, that's why they stopped creating music. Because he wanted to, he wanted to follow in the steps of Andrew Lloyd Webber. And he saw that stage musicals were the best medium to fit his like writing aspirations and so he had five musicals freudania gaudi gambler edgar Allan poe and dancing with shadows i see edgar Allan poe coming back to the edgar Allan poe episode oh there's so much edgar Allan poe throughout this episode which i really put in every single possible mention to just stand by the fact that that's why we did an episode on that (laughs) Was it worth it? It wasn't. No. <laughs> like, I understand okay. that that was one of our worst episodes, but. Okay. Like, for some reason, like, I think we did an uptick in, like, social media around then. Um, multiple people, like, listened to that one and then were like, what are, what are you guys doing? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> it's not all about, like, old dead poets. <laughs> yeah. We were still learning, and I was coming off a 12-hour work. It was just bad. No, no, no. I'm not, and I'm not trying to hate on it. It just, it was very, like, it's a funny topic. Yeah. 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 Respectfully, we got to get it back together, because I'm already tired. What? Okay. We're moving on. All right. Never mind. We're moving on. We, the, (laughs) guys, oh, no, we are, okay, we are on page three. We are moving through. Okay. That's good. So, Alan Parsons now currently lives in California on a giant ranch growing what type of organic fruit? Oranges. Strawberries. Avocado. Ah, uh, that would make sense. California. Yeah. His ranch is called Tres Vientos, 
Kyle, do you know what that translates to? Three vientos. <laughs> I mean... I would just like the public to know that this week Kyle got mad at me for ordering Taco Bell because he was like, that's not real Mexican food. But like, do you really get to judge? Okay, but like Taco Bell isn't even in the ballpark of Mexican food. It's like, this is Mexican food and Taco Bell's over here. Okay, but also it can still be delicious without being Mexican food. Like, accurate. I love pizza and it's also not Mexican food. And it's also not real Italian food most of the time that we're eating it. Yes, I don't disagree with that. But Taco Bell isn't delicious. It is, though. So you're overruled. You're voted out of the podcast. Okay. Later. What does Tres Vientos mean? Oh, three wins. Sorry. Ah, there you go. Later on, Alan Parsons joined a Beatles tribute band with John Entwistle of The Who, Ann Wilson of Heart, Jack Bruce of Cream, and Todd Rudkin. That's Todd. a super awesome band. It is, but also I love that just and Todd Rud- Rudkin. He doesn't get a yeah. fancy name. He's nah. he's just this guy. He's just Todd. Just like they just needed somebody to fill the spot. Exactly. So Alan Parsons' father got a little bit of fame for creating the Parsons Code for identifying music. So what the Parsons mm. Code is is that you take a melody of a song. And it just notates whether it, the next note moves up or down. And so that way you can find a song by knowing the melody without having to know the name of it. Because if you think about like Beethoven's Third Symphony, if you don't know the name of that, how are you going to search for it? And so right. this was a way where if you just know the like, do, 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 like you could search up and look for a song. Sure. He is currently been putting on ASSR master classes during COVID. What's ASSR? Well, so I went down an accidental rabbit hole because uh-huh. it turns out ASSR and ASMR are not the same thing. No, they are not. <laughs> no, they are not. So I was like, how does he put on a master class of like bing whispering? Yeah, whis- like what is this? Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. No. We're Britain. Is talking about Alan Parsons. Yeah. So ASSR is the Art of Science and Sound Recording, and it's a DVD educational series, which is narrated by Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, Billy Bob. Turns I didn't expect in this. No. Yeah, he has a lot of contacts with a lot of people. (laughs) Okay. What I thought would be fun to go, instead of just listing out songs he did, or even just mention them at all. Mm-hmm. What I thought we could do is a how Dwight would respond to his song title names. So I have emailed Excellent. you. We should clarify who Dwight is. Uh, okay. So Dwight is from The Office. And an example that I I came up with earlier. One of his songs is called Children on the Moon. Dwight might say, false, the moon is incapable of having children. <laughs> So I have emailed you guys a list of his songs, if you uh-huh. want to pull that up. Yep, it. I've got it pulled up. Another oh my one. gosh, we are not doing all of these. No, no, no. I just wanted to give you a, a range to be able to pick from. Okay, cool. He sent us, dear listener, 74 songs. Well, all of them. Another of his songs, Turn of a Friendly Card. Incorrect. Cards cannot exhibit friendliness. <laughs> Song called You're on Your Own. False. I am, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> Wait, let me try again. You're on your own. Excellent. I love myself. Excellent. I'm I'm the only person I trust. I don't know. He wouldn't be bothered by that. A dream within a dream. Incorrect. Christopher Nolan invented Inception. Moving on. Don't hold back. Unless it's Kyle wanting to clap during the recording, then I think you probably should. <laughs> Call of the wild, incorrect. The wild doesn't call. You go into the wild. Makes no sense. I am a mere. False. No person can be a mere. <laughs> Money talks. False. Humans talk. Money listens. Don't answer me. False. You should answer me. I'm asking a very appropriate question. Don't answer me. Huh. Sounds like Hecker and Courtney whenever I try and text them. <laughs> 
Let me just say, you are a unique kind of texter, Britain. Where I like people to respond to me. No, it is sometimes hard to come up with responses to things you say. Okay, but when I ask them a direct question. Yeah, I'm I just as somebody who has also avoided answering you sometimes, I get it. All right, I have another one. Ignorance is bliss. False. I was gonna say that one. <laughs> All knowledge is necessary. Idiots are ignorant. I was gonna say ignorance is bliss, false. Ignorance leads to idiots who won't put on a mask. Wow, wow, wow. Let's talk about me. I actually agree with that one. That sounds good. <laughs> there was another one that was in here that I was going to say. Oh, inside looking out, obviously, that seems redundant. The inside is obviously looking in the outwards direction. Are, are we good with this? Any, any other ones you guys got? No, I think that's it. That was quality. Yeah, I think I'm good. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so now I'm going to go into his albums and how they relate to the episodes that we did and some fun facts that I found out through my research. His first album was called Tales of Mystery and Imagination, and it was inspired by the works of Edgar Allan Poe, which is why I picked Poe for my second episode, which we've talked about. Poor choice, but... There are songs entitled The Raven, The Telltale Heart, and The Cast of Amont... Amont... Still can't pronounce it! Still can't pronounce it! I literally practiced this word and wrote it out phonetically, and I still can't say it correctly. (laughs) Amontillado. The Cast of Amontillado. (laughs) So, it starts off with the great Orson Welles reciting A Dream Within a Dream. That's wild. Mm -hmm. He got this idea because when Alan Parsons would walk to school, when I think he was in primary school, uh, he would see Edgar Allan Poe film posters, but he was too young to see them. But he was always like intrigued and thought they were interesting. Then when he was in a marketing class, he learned that no Poe film had ever lost money. And so he thought that an album inspired by Poe also wouldn't lose money, which is a wild jump. But... Right. It actually worked out really well for him, so I guess it kind of worked. Uh, throughout his career, there are other songs where he has said, hey, we had success with this one song, Eye in the Sky. It was their most popular song. And then they tried to recreate the success of that song. So there's definitely some, you know, he's in it for the money, but it's fine. So the orchestral part in some of the music was recorded in Kingsway Hall in London, and it's right next to an underground station. So apparently, if you hear like a low rumbling throughout the music, it could be a sound effect, or it could be just a train that was passing. There you go. The Raven is quoted as being the first time an EMI vocoder has been used in a rock song. It's a thing that makes your voice sound like a robot. Ah, okay. And apparently, it was the first time that it was used in a rock song. Yeah. So his second album was I, Robot. And they wanted to do a second Edgar Allan Poe album, but they had switched labels. And so the the label didn't want to do a volume two when they didn't have the rights to volume one. So that kind of goes into the contract law episode that I talked about. Uh, Look at that. So iRobot was a tribute to Isaac Asimov's Robot Trilogy, which is about science fiction and artificial intelligence. Do you know about that? Yeah, it's uh, also the movie with Will Smith called iRobot, which is based on the same book series. I don't know why I never put those together, but that would make sense as they have a similar name. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like the the core... Uh, plot of that movie is that like robots are built in with these like three laws of robotics and it's like a robot can't hurt a human a robot can't hurt another robot and do unto others as you would have them do unto you something like that that's where we got that one from the robot book. That's where that came from. Mm-hmm. A robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human to come to harm. A robot must obey the orders given to it by a human being, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. 
And then they didn't include the third law. Solid. Thanks, cool. Guys. Uh, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. There we go. So taken from the website, the album iRobot, to some extent, looks at the questions and the extent to which, as human beings, we may or may not be pre-programmed and act in a robotic fashion, as well as the dangers of uncontrolled development of artificial intelligence. Dude, deep, man. Mm. Those are good questions. I love it. So I'm also going to throw Kyle's Mary Poppins episode because you talked about technology and robots are technology. That's a like a loose connection, oh, I would say. Absolutely. But, okay. Very, very Lord. loose. I'm pulling at straws here. So one of the songs on the album is called Some Other Time. And apparently Alan Parsons asked Paul McCartney to read a line of poetry on the first album about Edgar Allan Poe. To which Paul McCartney responded, Some other time, Alan, some other time. And then mm-hmm. he wrote a song that was based on that experience. Did Paul McCartney say a line of poetry for that song? No. Uh, that would have been really, like, the time to do it. it. Yeah. iRobot gained a lot of popularity in America for two reasons. One, because American radio was playing prog rock where, while England wasn't. The second reason is that the 1977 release date coincided with what famous movie which involved robots? Kyle. Uh, sorry, can you give me the year again? 1977. Terminator? Star Wars. Oh. Yeah, that's embarrassing for you. That is embarrassing. They came out at roughly the same time, and Star Wars helped grow the popularity in robots just because of C-3PO and R2-D2. And because iRobot had a cover of a robot on it and had robot in the title, it helped boosted sales. Man, that's lucky. Agreed. Um, One of the songs, I Don't Want to Be Like You, is featured in Grand Theft Auto V. Becky... Let's just mm. really turn this ship in a different direction. Excellent. How many verses are in the first chapter of Genesis? Around 53. It's 31. Fake news. Because they have a song called Genesis chapter 1, verse 32, which is about the continuation uh. of the story of creation and relates to how man created robot in his own image. Uh, that's an interesting mm. idea. Yeah. It's my formal pastoral opinion on that. <laughs> well, good. I actually will have your pastoral opinion on some other things. Oh, good. I Again, as the audience knows, I love weighing in on something political or related to religion with zero prep time. It's not either. Well, let's just skip to that. Great. Their album, their th- the fourth, fourth album, we're skipping over three for right now, is called Eve. And it's all about love and relationships. And it's primarily from a woman's point of view, which mm. is weird because a man sings a lot of the songs. And probably wrote most of them. Yeah. The quote from their website is, Eric Wolfson had intended that it be about great women in history, but his ideas changed and evolved into an album about present day relationships, in particular strengths of women and the shortcomings of men. Mm. Would you like me to list some of the shortcomings of men? I could do that, or even just men on this podcast. I think we've covered that in the first season. We've listed <laughs> through a lot of them. Yeah. So I tried to look up like an interpretation or an analysis of one of the songs called I'd mm-hmm. Rather Be a Man. Mm. And some of the different people's interpretations of it is that it's about a man who fell in love with a sex worker, a verbal oh. attack of God, the use of of makeup and clothing no sorry the use of eve to determine a woman's role in society as temptress and deceivers a commentary on how women trick men through the use of makeup and clothing but does so in such an over-the-top way that they're obviously commenting about how ridiculous that sort of argument is so there's a lot there's a lot going on there would mm-hmm. you are you trying are you throwing it to me now because you would like me to redeem this laundry list of things? No, not at all. I'm okay. about to move on. So so we didn't have uh, this wasn't you asking for my pastoral opinion. I'm about to ask your opinion right now. Okay, I'm ready. So one of the songs is called "Damned If I Do, Damned If I Don't," mm. and my dad told me once 
that <laughs> let me let me put this into words <laughs> let me figure out how to phrase this so the song is about well he he says that the song is about the fact that adam knew what he was doing when he was biting the apple and he already knew that eve had bit it and so therefore he was like i'm damned if i bite the apple but i'm damned if i don't because either way i'm you know losing eve and i don't i don't know if that's actually true but he thinks this is in the song the song or in the bible in the song okay that could be in the song whatever you want me to weigh in on the biblical story i mean i couldn't find it on the internet have you ever heard that no he doesn't lose eve one god doesn't break up their marriage they stay married they have kids this is a very important start of the bible Second, it is no secret in the Bible that Adam knew Eve had eaten it. That's why she she brought it to him. I don't I don't know that we can make a guess out of if what Adam knew. Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah. fits then because he still, if he knew that Eve took a bite of the apple, then he was either choosing to be with Eve, or if he didn't bite it, then wouldn't he have stayed in the Garden of Eden? They didn't know they were going to get kicked out, though. True, true chains. So anyway, I don't I don't think so. At least. No, yeah, that's that's would be my recollection of that as well. Thanks. Recollection. Whatever. Words are hard. Anyway, obviously, people's interpretations of this album are wildly all over the place. But, you know, it was inspired by great women in history. So that kind of fits with, like, the Captain Marvel episode, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or When Women Could Vote. Yes, that is true. Mm. <laughs> Leave that in. So their third album was entitled Pyramid, and it was all ah, about. Mm-hmm. I bet I know what where this is going. Yep. Another another episode that I was skeptical about. Exactly. It was inspired by the fat at the time of quasi mystical properties of the pyramid shapes, and that's how they came up with this entire album. They talked about the pyramids of Giza, and then questions about morality and eternity. So their fifth album was called Turn of a Friendly Card. Do you want to turn over friend and cook? Um, casinos. Casinos. Mm-hmm. Casinos. Yeah. So Eric and Alan had moved their families and they were living in Monaco. And so oh. the album is meant as like a warning about the dangers of casino gambling. There you go. And we learned all about the dangers of casino gambling. Mm-hmm. Their next album was called Eye in the Sky. This one didn't really relate to any of the things that we talked about, but it was kind of about the general concept that there's always someone looking down on, at us. They're not necessarily talking about like a God figure, uh, but they mean like they mentioned cameras in a casino, the spy satellites or weather helicopters. Like there's always something that's, you know, watching us. Privacy. Yeah. This was an interesting c- concept in 1982 in 2020, I think it's more relevant than ever, as we've seen Facebook does bad things with our cameras and stuff. Facts. This had two of their biggest songs on it, um, Eye in the Sky, which I mentioned previously. It was their biggest pop hit. And then the other song was Serious, which was used by the Chicago Bulls in or Wow. It was used by the Chicago Bulls in the 1990s to introduce its starting lineup. There was one time that Alan Parsons met Michael Jordan and said, hey, I'm the guy that you walk out to every game. And apparently Michael Jordan was just like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would assume that that was Michael Jordan's response. He was probably like, what? So this song, Serious, has been used in Flubber, Frasier, Cloudy mm-hmm. with the Chance of Meatballs, Family Guy, The Simpsons, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, Mind Hunter, Cobra Kai, Scoob, The Last Dance, and Jimmy Neutron. Wow. And if you listen to this and you don't know Sirius, go look it up and you will instantly recognize it. It is a very common song. But I, I hold on, I honestly don't I really can't place it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I recognize this. Okay, stop, stop, no singing, no singing. All right, Becky, you recognized it? Yep. Yeah. They actually really, even though it was played all through stadiums and is crazy popular, they have received pretty much no money for this. 
What? Uh-huh. I was going to say, they must get such big mailbox money for this, but no. Nope. It's because stadiums have a blanket contract that allow yeah. them to play from a group of songs. And so oh, Alan Parsons mm-hmm. don't directly see any money from this. Fudge, dude. That is messed up. Yeah. So this kind of goes into our contract law episode again, where yeah. sometimes people get screwed over, not because anything they did, but just because of how contracts are made up. Right. Their next album was Ammonia Avenue. One of their songs on this, Don't Answer Me, their music video was set in the comic book style, which, I mean, I think we kind of all know now. Yes. But at the time was really new and forward Fashion forward. I don't know. What's the right word? New, new. and experience. Yeah, it was new. Progressive? Progressive. That's good. And it was nominated at the first ever MTV Music Awards for the most experimental vid- video. It did not win, though. There you go. Next album was Vulture, Cor- yeah. Vulture Culture, which was based on an ever-increasing ruthlessness of mankind in a world of stark economic reality. <laughs> So 2020. Yeah. So this was inspired by an imposter who was pretending to be Eric Wolfson. The imposter would call up artists and tell them to meet him in Florida to do like a recording. Oh my gosh. And then later on, Eric would meet up with these people and they'd be like, hey, why did you bail? And Eric was like, that wasn't me. Yeah. Also, Eric met up with, I mean, I guess they were just scammers, but... They were airport scammers, so at the time, they had a friend working at the airport, and when planes would overbook, they would tell these random people that Eric Wolfson met, they would buy tickets on the plane, and then accept the their a refund with miles because it was overbooked. Uh. And so that way they were stealing from the airport industry and able to fly wherever. Also, they would apparently flip houses in Vegas based on people who had lost their homes because of their gambling addictions. Good. Yeah, so pretty bad people. But yeah. this fits in well with the Barefoot Bandit and Nonviolent Crimes, Anonymous, because oh, yeah. we talked about nonviolent hacking, and yeah. the McDonald's scam. Yes. Yeah, we can, we can say mm-hmm. that that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, bud. Uh-huh, because I planned none of those. <laughs> So in the second season, are you going to no longer, like, push random weird topics on us? Because that would be fun. Nah, we'll see. All right. (laughs) There's no promise. (laughs) Maybe I'll come up with another theme for the season finale of season two. Oh, Lord. Uh, Their next album was Stereotomy, which I'm going to skip. Their last... (laughs) Fair enough. Bye. I mean, it wasn't that interesting. Um... Their last album was called Gaudi, which is about a Spanish architect. And apparently the record company, I got a quote from them that said, this is about a Spanish architect and we're in the rock and roll business. Are these guys kidding us? (laughs) But that was, that was their last, that was their last one. So then way later, they came out with another album called The Sicilian Defense. Chess. That's Chess. so funny. Sicilian defense is is actually what I play is black in chess. Yeah. So the Sicilian defense was an album, and this is a quote from Alan Parsons. The Sicilian defense album was never released and never will be if I have anything to do with it. I have not heard it since it was finished. I hope the tapes no longer exist. Oh, that's so good. We delivered Eve and the Sicilian defense simultaneously and told the label... They're your last two albums. Now give us a new deal. Ah. Uh, Contract law. So they're all instrumentals, and they all the their songs are named after chess pieces, like PK4 and KTQB3. Those are things that make sense to you. Sorry, say say the last one one more time. KTQB3. Uh, that's using an older chess notation style. But, but yeah. Like, yeah, it, I, I guess with that style, I think, yeah. King's those, those T sense. to Queen's Bishop 3. Is that Okay. It? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Can we move on? So this had to do with contract law and chess. After Eric Wolfson started to go into musicals, Alan Parsons started his solo albums. 
His third solo album was called Time Machine. Because I did the time travel episode. That's why I said you should talk about time travel. Mm. Apparently, have you seen Austin Powers? Uh, Yeah. Have you seen The Spy Who Shagged Me? I think so, yeah. Did you know that they talk about the Alan Parsons project in it? I didn't off the top of my head, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. So Dr. Evil says that he has a plan which involves a giant laser invented by physicist Dr. Parsons and declares uh, that the laser is the Alan Parsons project. That's 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 a good reference. Yeah. So later, Alan Parsons re-released Time Machine, which was an instrumental that had Mike Myers as Dr. Evil and his <laughs> quotes from the movie in it. That's hilarious. Alan Parsons just this year, or well, I guess in 2019, released his most recent album called The Secret. It was his first year in 15 years. Well, no, his first album in 15 years. And this album was influenced by magic, ah. which works with Kyle's episodes on magicians and Harry Potter theories. Again, yes. neither of which I, I planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so this album, like I, I mentioned before, it has Jason Mraz on it. Uh, fun fact, Jason Mraz was just nominated or awarded or hired as the district advocate ambassador, which helps unite artists, songwriters, and producers with Congress in order to help discuss key rights issues for music creators, hmm. including proper compensation and protections. Interesting. Yeah. So Jason Mraz is fighting for a lot of the issues that we talked about in the contract law episode yeah right that's all i got the only the four episodes that i couldn't put anywhere were disney channel original movies you're welcome christmas you're welcome sammy davis jr yeah that's true and mike sure you're welcome yeah so it's really your be- episodes becky so really kyle's more influenceable than i am well I mean, to be fair, I did recommend Disney Channel movies and Mike Sure to you, so so it's really your own fault. So it's really a, a beast of my own making, if you will. So I have a funny story about Alan Parsons, this radio show that I uh, religiously listened to uh, in Los Angeles called Mark and Brian. Yeah, you've mentioned them multiple times on the podcast. That's the only reason why I, I know them. I have a shirt right over here that's uh, signed keep, by the both keep, of them. Keep going. They would host a yearly Christmas show in which they would invite artists that had been on the radio show to come and perform. And one year, they got Alan Parsons to be uh, on the Christmas show. And uh, he was the audio engineer for the entire show and sort of like hung out on stage. And... At one point in the performance, he just sort of like stood on the stage and like put his arms out to the audience and like put his head in the air and just was like doing that for like three minutes. And so the son of of Mark, uh, one of the hosts of the show, like grabbed a mic because he just also happened to be on stage and was like, I am Alan Parsons. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and Alan Parson lo- looks over at him and is like, just nods his head like, <laughs> yeah, you get it, kid. That sounds like and, something I would do <laughs> or have done. Yeah. And that was it. That was That's my Alan Parsons story. Okay. We got to edit that down to like half the time that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, for the final time of the season, Kyle. (coughs) Rapid trivia. So for rapid trivia today, (laughs) I went through and re-listened to every single episode. I was right. (laughs) And I took, I marked down every time we said that we were going to do an episode on something. Oh, my. And then I came up with a trivia question on it. <laughs> All right. I like this. We're going to go. It, it's not quite back and forth because I went in order of episodes. But starting with Kyle, in episode one, we mentioned that you were going to do an episode on cameras. Didn't do that. Nope. <laughs> Which is good. Well, I guess you kind of did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah, that's true. 
The word camera comes from the Latin camera obscura, which translates to what? Thing that obscures. Dark chamber. Similar. <laughs> similar. What the heck? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Question two. Becky, also mm-hmm. in episode one, yep. you say we should do an episode on Judaism. Mm-hmm. Approximately 86% of Jews reside in Israel and what two other countries? The United States. That's that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Spain. The second is Canada. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be like a high population North American country. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. Fair enough. The thing I said has a real reason behind it. We can continue. Sure. I also believe that. All right. Question three. In episode one, I say that we should do an episode on the IRS. So we're going to do a quick game um, of higher or lower. I'm from the IRS. So higher or lower than what we're going to do is we're going to keep going until you guys say two different answers. Okay. So higher or lower than 25%, what percent of Americans will pay no tax in 2020? Estimated. I'm going to say lower. Lower. Okay. Is it higher? It is is higher. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell us what percent. 42.8% of Americans. Wow. Wow. I wonder if that's going to be even more with people being jobless in the last year. That's potential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Question four. Also in episode one, we said this a lot in episode one. Kyle, you mentioned we should do an episode on Tiger Woods. Yeah. What year was Tiger Woods inducted? No! No! I think he has a very interesting life. I don't agree with a lot of the decisions that he made, but it would be an interesting episode. Dear listeners, in the first episode, I was not properly allowed to be on mic, so I'm just really enjoying having feedback on these things now. I mean... We were barely on mic. We only had one between the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right, go so ahead with your question. Kyle, in what year was Tiger Woods inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame? 2000. Correct. And? Correct. Seven. Yeah, it's right around there. I'm going to say like 2004. 2021. What? Yep. Yeah, it does take a while after you've retired usually. He's still playing. Yeah. Whatever. He's not. He literally. You could have told me that he had passed away, and I would have been like, "Yeah, I didn't know." Okay. Question five. Mm. Episode one point five, the lost episode, Little Richard, Mm. Kyle, in the song "Tutti Fruity," what does "Ah Rudy"? Sorry, what is "Ah Rudy" slang for? Oh no. Uh, like, like a lady. Becky, do you want to guess? No. No, I don't. It's slang for all right. Ah, ah, Rudy. Episode, or not episode, question six. In episode two, Becky, you mentioned doing an episode on the black suffragette movement. Mm-hmm. So your question, Ida B. Wells started this, the first, wow. Ida B. Wells started the first of this level of education specifically for African-Americans in her town. Like started the first school at this level? Yes. Okay. Um. Was it a high school? It was a kindergarten. Yeah. The first okay. all-black kindergarten. I wondered if I was going too late. Question seven. Becky, in episode five, you said that we should do an episode on all the famous women of the world. Well. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but it, it's going to take it. That might be a two-part episode. There's more than two episodes worth of famous women in the world. I, I, I agree. Okay. <laughs> Before becoming a barrister, which is a type of lawyer, Margaret Thatcher briefly worked as what scientific profession? Was she a chemist? She was. She was a research chemist. Cool. I knew that. So I'm skipping question eight because, Becky, you declared we need to do an episode on my listening skills. Well. I didn't know how to come up with a question for that. Here's a question for that. Are you ready? Yeah. In what year... Did women get the right to vote, Britain? Night, Classic. 1920. Good job. I thought you were going to ask me your birthday. I was like, I don't know that. What is my birthday? Not on the podcast. We... Episode yeah, nine. Or question, <laughs> question nine. In episode eight, I declared that I was going to do an episode on different generations and their classifications. Mm. So for Kyle. Right, that's interesting. 
Kyle, because the number's uneven. If you're born today, what is your generation called? Which is named for because they are the first demographic to be born entirely in the 21st century. So, like, Zoomers is the, like, current youngins. But that's not what he says. That's not the answer. If you're born today, and they're named because they're the first demographic. First. First. Uh, firsties. No. Alpha. The alpha generation. Oh. <laughs> All right. Question 10. In episode 10, Kyle, you mentioned doing an episode on the scientific method. Mm, so, yes. So what famous cut of pig created the scientific method? What? What famous cut of pig created the scientific method? The the ear. The ham hock. Sir Francis Bacon. Uh, I see. Now. I tried to give you a hint on that one, even. <laughs> I I really was confused by by. All right, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Question mm-hmm. eleven in episode eleven. Beckin 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 mentioned an episode on famous violent crimes. Mm. Can you name one of? One of the two university Washington universities that Ted Bundy attended. The UW. Yeah. The other one was University of Puget Sound. I thought you were going to say Wazoo, and then we could have all gone on a like, Wazoo sucks sort of rant. We don't need to. It was below <laughs> even Ted Bundy. That's all we need to know. <laughs> Question 11. Episode 14, Becky, you talk about doing an episode on the quote. Un- Actually, okay. How do we want to word this? I mean, the the false discovery of America. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we can call it that. Like, yeah. it wasn't real. It was already here. There were already people. It's like if I discovered Tacoma. Like. Yes. So <laughs> your question, 500 years before Columbus, what Viking is likely to have been the first European to sail to North America? A Viking. Um, Eric. Erickson. Yeah, Leif Erickson. Yeah, that's that's who I was thinking of. Question 13. In episode 15, Becky, you mentioned doing an episode on Guy Fawkes, which I'm sure you know oh so much about. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm not totally ignorant on him. I don't know oh, okay. why we think British history would be like beyond my understanding. I don't know. I, did, I didn't know anything about him. So Guy Fox is best known for being discovered guarding gunpowder, which was used to it, which was going to be used to assassinate King James I. This is better known mm-hmm. as what plot? I don't know. Discovered guarding gunpowder. The gunpowder plot. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not even like a name, but okay. <laughs> I agreed. Okay. Question fourteen in episode seventeen. Kyle, you mentioned doing an episode on Rachel McAdams' time travel movies. Yeah. How many time travel movies has Rachel McAdams been in? I think it's four. So here's the thing. It depends on what you count. It does. My Google search. Your Google search probably said two? No. No, there's definitely at least three, because it's about time, it's time traveler's wife, and it's... um. No, then there's the one where she loses her memory, which I always say folds into it. But then there's also the Marvel movie she's in, which involves the warlock who does time stuff. So I include that one, too. So I always say Uh, three to four. That's a good point. Doctor Strange does count in that. The answer I have is three. And since I'm giving the questions, that's the correct answer. What are the three movies that I don't care? That that will have to be saved for the episode. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Bonus questions. How many times has Rachel McAdams time traveled? In the movies, I assume? I don't really know. None. I'm sure it's hundreds. It's zero. No. She's she doesn't, never time traveled. She's never the time oh, traveler. She's right. always married to or yeah, watch. Dating. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Episode. Not. I don't know why I keep saying episode. Question 15. Becky, in episode 19, you mentioned doing an episode on Dolly Parton. Hmm. What famous singer's mother who I also mentioned that we're going to do an episode on later in the future, co-wrote some of Dolly Parton's songs. The the phrase later in the future has broken my brain. Um, you want to know someone who co-wrote some of Dolly Parton's songs? Someone's mother. Someone's mother. 
just someone's mother. I mean, a lot of women are someone's mother. But it's a famous person. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm losing it. A famous uh, person. A famous Carrie Fisher's mother. Uh, it's You're Kesha. welcome. It's Kesha. Kesha's oh, mother was a co-writer known? with Dolly Parton. Okay. What would Debbie Reynolds be doing? Right what wouldn't she be doing? Debbie Reynolds and Dolly Parton would have a, have had a great old time. It's true. Okay, continue on. That that's all. Th- those are my fifteen questions. Excellent. There you go. Yeah. So, you know what I've learned? We have terrible follow through. I mean, this wasn't even all of them. Yeah, I'm like sure. I I had I'm to. Sure. Yeah, I didn't I didn't listen to. Some of the episodes. I, yeah. I was like, ah, this is close enough. I'm sure that we're fine. Yeah. I look forward to when we do some of those episodes in season two. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And we will be back next week. We'll have a rapid trivia episode. Yes, we will be back next week and, and you know, keep coming back every week. Even though we're talking about this is the end of season one, we're going to continue with rapid trivia. So yeah, come come back next week. Yeah, it really doesn't mean anything. Maybe one of the episodes will just be Britain singing to you. Who knows? I'm I'm DTS. Down to Down sing. Down to sing. Hey. For an entire episode. Bye, Adam. Bye. Cut him out. Don't get in on my bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pod Trivia. Uh, If you want to reach out to us and ask us questions or maybe uh, suggest future trivia questions, please email us, podtriviacast at gmail.com. To find out more information about future episodes or contact us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at podtriviacast. If you like our show, head over to Apple or Google Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. We might just read it on the air. If you don't like our show, don't give us a review. (laughs) But give us those five stars and let us know. It really helps. All right. Thanks so much for listening.